Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson! How are you this morning, Lawson? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. That's good. What I'm are you thankful good. for this morning? Oh, I'm thankful for my incredible friends and for homemade pizza. Home, home, you were having homemade pizza and you did not invite me. Yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah, because I was spending time with my friends. Oh, <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Hey, I should come over to yours and we can make homemade pizzas together. I had pizza last night as well. Oh, really? But it, it was, wasn't homemade? Not homemade. Was it? it was kind of, it was 50% homemade. Ah, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. I see how it, was it One goes. came out of the freezer box and had a few things added to it. <laughs> You! <laughs> what are you grateful for this morning? Um, I'm grateful that when you are hungry and it's late and you don't have time to cook, you can pull something out of the freezer <laughs> and eat it. You know, back in the day, that never used to be the case. If you yeah. wanted to, if you wanted to eat, it would take you half an hour to make a meal. Yeah, true. Which is probably the way that it should be. Mm. Still. Well, if you want instant because food, you just instant go to the food natural is stuff. just not healthy. You just go to... It's just terrible food. No. Okay, so you're telling me that an apple is unhealthy? Or a mandarin? Uh, no, an apple, a is, uh, an apple is not instant food. An <laughs> apple takes a year to grow. That is not instant. Not instant okay. at all. If you, want, if you want to make an apple, you've got, to, you've got to plant a tree. You've got to plant a seed. You've got to grow a tree. It's going to take you years to make your first apple. So you're telling me that person made that two-minute noodle packet in, like, instantly? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> this is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. There you go. Some warmer temperatures around Australia, and of course, here in New South Wales, there is, uh, you know, pretty much total fire bans everywhere. We have a number of fires that are completely out of control, with pretty much catastrophic conditions. We had yesterday expected to continue into today. So, yeah, don't be lighting fires. Recently, actually, over the last couple of days, we've come out of water restrictions from level two to level one. So, so we're still under restrictions, but we've yeah. just gone up one. Yeah. So it's like not no restrictions on showers and no restrictions on like I think you can wash your car now. Yeah. You know what? I think it's kind of a bad idea to to to, to lift the level at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. This is Anna Weather up. My savior bleed, did my sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head Someone such as I At the cross, at the cross Where I first saw the light The burden of my heart rolled away And it was there by faith I received my sight And now I am happy all the day Was it for Christ that I have done? He suffered on a tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw light and the burden of my heart rolled away. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Anna Weatherup with At The Cross here on Faith FM while our computer is glitching a little bit this morning, but uh, hopefully that will uh, be able to be sorted out soon. Lawson, hit us with the first clue for the quiz of the... Oh, no, we're still in... T- we're still doing yesterday's quiz. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think we lose just, it. Yeah, it, okay. it's right. uh, Start over. probation Start over. closed. Probation closed. Um, here we go. New quiz. New quiz. We're, we're merciful. Um, who am I? I told Zachariah, 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 that his son was never to take wine or fermented drink. Mm-hmm. Thinking about that one. Like, that's not the right answer. Duh, what? Oh, man. <laughs> no, it is the right answer. Oh, like it's not. It is. Like it's not. It is. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, but that means that because Lyle thinks he has the right answer, I, but I it's totally do. not. It's not uh, totally not. <laughs> you can give us a call it's at one eight hundred. You know, it's fifty percent the right answer. One eight hundred three two four eight four three, and you'll be able to get a prize completely for free. You get two prizes. Get two prizes if you know who Zachariah. The right answer. Who, 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 no, it's I'll, like it's not. Don't finish, don't you dare. I can finish writing it. Right I've just only another, written half another. of it. <laughs> <laughs> just because I stopped writing right there this is not an incorrect answer like tell like, me is, is that an incorrect answer like i'm um, no this comment. is not an incorrect answer i invoke the fifth okay, <laughs> for the see? right to remain silent it is not an incorrect answer but give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you can win a prize double prizes because lyle doesn't know it completely <laughs> <laughs> whatever <laughs> whatever okay all right um, if you do call in, you will need to give slightly more information that I gave on my answer. Okay. Yep. But it's not incorrect. Like? It just- <laughs> I'm standing by it. It's not incorrect. <laughs> like it just give us some positively different news. <laughs> All right. Let's have a look. Wait, something I saw this morning I just wanted to quickly talk about. So, in, in here in Australia, um, you know, we're in the midst of a very severe drought. We can see already as we were reading through the uh, the weather this morning, um, you know, how how much the uh, the place is heating up. You know, it was, what, 37 degrees in Brisbane today? Like, yeah, this warm. is hot. 31 degrees in... It's in, January weather. Like, we're starting to, to see real hot weather. Well, I weather. saw um, Hobart had a uh, low of five and a high of 14. Well, check this out. So That's a, kind of like midwinter for Newcastle. Look. This is crazy. I saw this this morning. I was like, are you for real? <laughs> a cold snap has just run through Tasmania with snowfall all across the state. <laughs> <laughs> you got to love Tassie. So, yeah, a late spring cold snap has brought snowfalls of up to 10 centimetres in different parts of Tasmania. Nice. Uh, basically, that was, yeah, it was a wind off Antarctica. Come, you know, come what happens, and it's just like how yeah, they roll in Tassie. It's just covered the place in snow. I've, which I've is seen, hectic. I've, I've like, seen a white Christmas in Tasmania. Yeah, I've heard that before. That they've had like, st- like, actually, I had a story one time. That in my had, lifetime, there's been three white Christmases in Tasmania. I've only seen one. That is insane. Like, I'm. That just blows my mind. I don't know. I've lived in Newcastle most of my life. Like, I've had every single one of my Christmases either in Newcastle or, or like, Melbourne. And it's just, like, boiling. It's like Christmas is the time where, you know, you roll out, you roll out the big tarp, you get your dish soap and your water, and you're, like, flying down hills and opening presents with the family and eating sandwiches. Like... Not like, not like throwing snowballs at each other. You know, my wife has never got used to hot Christmas. 
It's still, that, it's still just, it's just still messes with her head every year when it comes around. This is like, this doesn't feel like Christmas. Like, no, this totally feels like Christmas. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Christmas is coming. The water, weather is getting warmer. You know, um, oh, you know, it's interesting. You know how they have the saying in America, it's like Christmas in July. Mm-hmm. We basically have that in Australia. Because the whole point is like, oh, it's Christmas in the middle of summer. How amazing would that be? Like, we basically have that. So, we're just... We do. We're just we do. winning here. We, we, we have... Oh, absolutely, we're winning. Absolutely winning. The Southern Hemisphere is the place to be at Christmas time. It totally Who wants is. to have a holiday, right? Who wants to have a holiday, have time off when the day is about five hours long and freezing cold? Like, not me. No! <laughs> Can't go to the beach when it's like that. <laughs> yeah, you can't do a lot of things when it's like that. <laughs> go to the beach. Uh, quickly, oh man, I, this this next story. I saw it this one. It was so. Can't fun. have a pool party when it's <laughs> minus thirty degrees outside and the pool's solid ice. You can't be cooking your 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 veggie snacks and the barbecue when it's like you know when it's just the barbecue won't even start because the. The grill won't get hot <laughs> because the gas is frozen inside the cylinder. Yeah, the like the barbecue's frozen over and the hinges are like if you try and open it, the bolts will snap off because it's too cold. You can't do that. It's just not right. Anyway, come to Australia. All right, something I saw this morning that I just thought was incredibly heartwarming, incredibly amazing. Um, so basically, in the in the states, you know, high school football, it's like a, a huge thing. Um, you know, with the whole varsity and college implications and, and you know, it's very hard fought. Um, but I saw this amazing story recently about these two high school teenagers, Gage Smith and Ty Jordan. Um, they came together after the final whistle um, of, a, of a, you know, a game that they played last week to pray for each other. No, that's nice. And the reason is um, Jordan, um, Ty Jordan's mum has just been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer Ooh. and uh, and bone cancer as well. It's a really, really heavy situation. This is something that obviously like, you know, with schools being like, I remember going to school here in Newcastle and having friends kind of all over the place and, um, you know, you know people from all around and, and obviously, you know, the word's gotten out that, that Jordan's mother's in this way. Jordan being, you know, like a high school football star and whatnot, you know, um, the words gotten out and it was just, yeah, powerful when they got to the end of the game. Um, Gage Smith, um, you know, and, and I can imagine it's like a gnarly thing to be in, you know, when you're playing another team and you're just focused on winning. But, uh, yeah, it's powerful that they came together and, and Gage just went to Jordan and was like, hey, like, can me and a couple of my friends get together with you and pray for your situation? Yeah, and this is, this is, how, um, this is how it should be. Mm. And I, I think it just... It just really highlights, you know, the attitude that we should have. Like, I think, you know, when we think of sport, high school sport, yeah, there's there's not that much <laughs> animosity there, but, you know. Oh, there's still strong rivalry. There's plenty it, yeah. of testosterone on those football fields. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. But I think, it, you know, it shows that the principle that Jesus gives to us, you know, pray for your enemies, pray for those around you. Not necessarily. Yeah, they're not enemies. They're, they're not, not enemies, enemies but it's like, I don't know. It's just. We but rivals. Be, they're rivals, and we should really be putting our first is, foot forward. This is not just this is not just good sportsmanship. This is good Christianity. Exactly. Or not just good Christianity. It's good sportsmanship. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I see sometimes sport as like something that can draw 
the Christianity out of people in a bad way. Mm-hmm. It can like mm-hmm. make you absolutely. Know, it can make them just oh yeah, like fully competitive and and I don't completely know. lose the spirit of Christ. Exactly, absolutely, you know, no question about that whatsoever at all. Winning. Sports can be, and particularly high level competition sports, mm. can be a dangerous place to go. And can be really corrosive on a person's Christian experience. And even following that high level of sport can be corrosive on the Christian's experience at times. And, you know, we need to, uh, we need to recognize that as Christians, um, that, you know, sport and having fun, kicking a ball around, having a game is, is great. Mm. But when it all, be- when it becomes all about self. Yeah. That is the opposite of Christianity. And we need to recognize that. We need to be aware of that. And, you know, for our Christian young people that are aspiring to be, you know, um, high level competitive athletes, um, that's going to be very challenging. Mm. You know, and, and I mean, hey, dying to self is challenging in all, all environments. Don't get me wrong. It's whatever environment you're in, dying to self is going to be, uh, challenging, but it should be about the, uh, the enjoyment of competing, the enjoyment of, you know, getting out there and getting some, some, some great exercise, some good fresh air of refining your skills and doing the best that you can mm. rather than about, you know, just total self promotion. And so much of sport is, is about so total self promotion. Oh, it's, it's just the truth. Um, but I think yeah, it was amazing. Basically, the the um, the coach of these two guys took a picture of them as they were praying and put it up on Facebook, and it went viral and huge about you know how how amazingly touching this story is. And I think it's something that's yeah, it's something good. Christianity needs needs world. needs those kind of positive. Uh, mm-hmm. Positive stories these days. People living their faith. Yeah. You know, no matter absolutely. what situation that they're in, you know, they're just being Christian. Mm-hmm. They're just acting like people who follow Christ. Praise yeah. the Lord. Amen. And this is what we should be aspiring to do. Hey, I just wanted to open it up. If you guys have any heartwarming, touching stories, give us a call 1 800 324 843 and tell us about what's going on in your life and the way that you were touched by people, you know, being kind and Christian to you. Uh, right now, this is the Emmanuel Quartet with I Want to Be Like My Lord. Galilee, Galilee, the sick and calm the waters, made the blinded eye to see, raise the dead and cleanse the leper, had the power to set men free, but best of all, he went to Calvary, let it die for you and me. Streets of gold. I want to walk, walk like 
listening to the Emmanuel Quartet, I Want to Be Like My Lord, here on Faith Amen. FM, as we head into the next part of our segment, where I before we, where we're about to have a quiz, and I'll just write down the, the rest of the correct answer. Uh, oh, and you, yeah, you're correct. You know what it was. Yeah. You, know, you know what it was. Okay. All right. All right. So, no double prizes today, but let's 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 give another clue. <laughs> oh, okay. There now you you're just making now, it now it's just grammatically correct. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, let's have go. let's have a look at the next clue. So we know that this person come and spoke with Zechariah that his son was never to take wine or fermented drink. But this person also spoke with Daniel. There you go. Who might that be? Had a conversation with Daniel as well as Zachariah. If you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491-064-669 and a prize will be coming your way. Have we chosen our prize yet? Um, No, but I can choose one right now. Yeah, all right. Well, wait, while you're choosing a prize, let me talk about some news that is taking place around the world. We're going to start off with a story coming out of the United Methodist Church where the Western jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church... Okay, so a bit of background on this. is This is an American um, Methodist church. There are a number of different Methodist churches. And, of course, the Western jurisdiction is going to be, I guess you'd say, kind of like the West Coast. Um, and they have um, created a piece of uh, policy, legislation, whatever you want to call it, for their particular jurisdiction called the Safe Harbour Policy. So this is interesting and controversial at the same time. It's a safe harbour for LGBTQ plus clergy. And this is in response to uh, a move at the very beginning of the year where the entire United Methodist Church came together uh, in general conference to uh, decide on whether or not they would accept the ordination of uh, LGBTQ plus clergy, and mm. they decided they would not. Um, and, of course, the new um, restrictions are to come into effect on January 1 of next year, 2020, 
And so as a result of that, the Western jurisdiction has said, have said, no, we're not going to abide by that and we're going to say, create a safe harbor here in the West. And we're, I guess they could say they're, they're, they're kind of breaking away from the United Methodist Church, forming mm. their own uh, version of it there. It will be interesting to see what takes place. I suspect that there will be a movement of uh, LGBTQ clergy into the Western jurisdiction, into that safe harbour. That would be a natural thing to take place, mm. which will then create, I guess, you know, an overbalance of uh, LGBTQ plus clergy in that area. And it will be interesting to follow just the <coughs> the effect that, that has, you know, when the demographics of the clergy change, how the demographics of the congregation change. Mm. And whether or not that actually has an effect or not, I suspect that it will, um, because um, there will be many people who will see this as being, you know, a stand that is following culture rather than following the Bible. Mm. Um, but you know, they have highlighted the fact that you know um, there are vulnerable people out there who are going to be hurt by this, and so this is one of the reasons why they are taking this particular um, move. Okay, so the um, the new policies that are to come into effect on January 1, which was from the 2019 Special General Conference held uh, earlier this year, bars bishops from consecrating or ordaining or commissioning um, self-avowed practicing uh, LGBTQ plus clergy. Mm. So... You know, if you kind of, if you if you like, well, I just keep it to myself. Then I guess uh, you're free to be ordained and become a, a a pastor in that particular church. If not, then um, that is that 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 opportunity has now passed. Um, there's also a ban on performing same-sex weddings or marriages within that uh, particular denomination. And the penalties are, and this is interesting because the first time that they've actually had in their rule of discipline. Um, mandatory penalties for uh, breaking the church's policy um, on the first offence, uh, suspension of one year with no pay, and on the se- second suspend on the second offence, loss of credentials. Wow! So that's it. You're over. You're fired. Basically. Wow. Yeah. Which you know, hey, this is their church. They get to decide what they want to do. And I think I, I, I strongly stand by the right of any religious organization to be able to enforce their own policies within mm. their organization and to decide, you know, this is how we want our church to operate, this is what, how we want our religion to operate. Mm. And uh, and so that's what they have decided. Um, and so the Western jurisdiction will not be asking. They have a policy of not asking uh, whether a person um, is uh, LGBTQ+, mm. um, and will not enforce any of the penalties if they do find out. Mm. And so what it kind of came down to was that one of the bishops over there uh, for the Mountain Sky region, um, Karen Oliveto, who was the first consecrated uh, United Methodist Church bishop who was lesbian, and of course this was before the, the the new policy came into effect, and so you know they're not they're not retro enforcing it. Um, <clears throat> she was in a, in a situation where she was fielding complaints from members. Of the church, and so if if the church had a complaint against a particular pastor, they would send it through to her. Um, and so, you know, there were a number of um, pastors within her jurisdiction that were um, homosexual. And so, when the members sent complaints through, she kind of had, you know, because of because of her sexual orientation, she would choose to ignore it. Mm. But that kind of looked underhand. 
it's like, oh, she's just ignoring it because um, she's, you know, lesbian herself. And so she felt that that was deceitful and, and underhand. And so rather than just being deceitful and underhand, she's like, well, I'm not going to ignore these um, complaints. I'm going to um, form a new, you know, policy within this particular jurisdiction. And so um, uh, Phoenix, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Greater Northwest, and Mountain Sky, the five bishops that have um, joined together to make these changes, which is mm. definitely going to cause some... Um, it's going to cause some controversy within yeah. that church. It will be interesting to follow just, you know, what happens. I will be interested to see with whether the Western jurisdiction actually um, is forced to break away yeah. and form their own church as a result of this. Mm. And I tend to think that it's probably what should take place. Mm. They probably should form their own church. I tend to think that the United Methodist Church would be just, you know, incredibly gutted by that. Mm. Um, but if you're going to be part of an organization, sometimes the reality is that that organization is going to make decisions that you disagree with. Yeah. And then you need to decide whether you're going to remain a part of it or not. And you might need to make that decision based on conscience. You know, the church that I'm a part of, the organization that I'm a part of, sometimes makes decisions that I disagree with. Yeah. And the question comes down to how am I going to respond? Am I just going to be rebellious? Well, that is not the spirit of Christ. Yeah. In any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, you have a choice to make. You can leave or you can stay. But if the church body has made that decision, then those are the choices that you should follow rather than, you know, just simply rebelling and, and uh, you know, because rebellion really, it, it originates with Satan. Yes. It, it's it's that simple. Mm. Um, and, you know, there are many times within an organization, decisions are going to be made, we disagree with them, and we need to decide, all right, what do we do here? Is this a moral uh, decision that I need to make a stand on and leave on? Or um, is it something that's like, well, you know what, I disagree with that, but it's not a uh, it's not a make or break, it's not a moral decision, I can have my personal opinions on it. I'm personally going to disagree with it, but that's the decision of the uh, of the church at large, and so therefore abide by it. Mm. Let's do one or the other. Yeah, don't white ant. Uh, white anting is um, is not of God. Hundred mm. percent. Yeah, it's it's ultimately it's it's our choice that we need to reflect on in in prayer. Like this is another thing that when when people become disgruntled, yeah, that spirit of rebellion comes out, and you can just see like there's a night and day difference of like. You know, I do. It, 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 you know, expands so much further than them just being, I guess, rebellious. Then you can just start to see clearly, like, oh man, these people are just deep in sin. You know. Well, the thing is, the thing is, you know, and, and if you've got a, if you've got a strong conviction on something, then um, that's that's out of line with you know y- y- your governing church body. Then just um, go and start your own church. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever at all. Follow your conscience. A mm. uh, person should follow their conscience. I believe that everybody should um, should live by their conscience and their connection, you know, with God in all that they do. This is Lauren Daigle with uh, Trust in You. You're listening to Faith FM. Letting go of every single dream. I lay each one down at your feet. Every moment of my wandering. Never changes what you see I've tried to win this war I 
enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10 a.m. every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back, everybody. That was For Him with Be Thou My Vision here on Faith FM. We're about to get into our interview of the day. And before we do, we're going to have another clue for our quiz. Oh, yeah, true. Lawson, <laughs> what have you got for us there? All right. So let's, let's, do a, let's do a quick recap. So we know that this person, they told Zachariah that his son was never to take wine or fermented drink. Great also, advice for everybody. Fantastic. He also spoke to Daniel. And then he told Daniel that as soon as he had begun to pray, an answer was sent from heaven. There you go. Man, this guy knows a lot. He's, 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 uh-huh. got, he's knowledgeable. Uh-huh. He has he knowledge. He has, he has inside, inside information right there. Okay, if you know the answer to this question, then give us a call right now, 1-800-324-843, or text us on 0491-064-669. And the prize image is everything. Uh, the book is coming your way. Excellent. Which moves us to the interview of the day, and we're super excited to have uh, Kent Kingston right here in the studio. Kent, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to be here, it's Lyle and Lawson. It's the double L team. It's the double L team right here. Yeah. I, I just met Lawson, so I'm, I'm just, okay. Yeah, just getting a feel for it. Yeah, <laughs> very Aussie name, like Henry Lawson. I, I like it. Oh, yeah. Usually it's a last name, but, you know, my parents are just wild. Yeah, I, like, I got the same thing, Kent. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is actually my uh, grandmother's maiden name. So there, there you, go. you go. That's awesome. So, yeah, cool. two last name team. That's yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm feeling left out here. That's right. It's kind of sad. I don't know any uh, people with last name Lyle. <laughs> <sighs> but anyway, so we didn't come here to talk about names. You came here to talk about signs. Oh, of the Times absolutely. Magazine. So uh, Kent Kingston, of course, is the renowned editor for Signs of the Times magazine. So we're super excited to have you here to talk about the latest edition of Signs magazine. Lot, lot, uh, lot, I bought one for Kent. each of you guys here in the studio this oh, morning. Yeah. Please, please uh, that's for you, Lawson. Pass that along to Lyle. Lyle. Check it out, eh? Bear Grylls. Bear Grylls on the front cover to prove that we are Science Magazine is macho as ever. What a man. (laughs) What a man. What a man. (laughs) Okay, so tell us about Bear Grylls. Well, uh, Bear Grylls, uh, as we know, um, is, you know, man versus wild, you know, on on the telly and um, Mm. done a lot of crazy stuff, um, you know, climbing. He climbed Mount Everest when he was only in his 20s. Um, He he then crossed the North Sea in an open, rigid, inflatable boat with a bunch of mates. Um, That was (laughs) something he said he'd never do again. (laughs) That's pretty hardcore. Like going over there. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. Seriously nuts. By Greenland, Iceland, you know, all all those sorts of areas. And yeah, really cold, really stormy. Um, But it turns out that Bear Grylls, he he sort of keeps it on the down low a bit. But Bear Grylls has a really strong Christian faith. He does. He does. And there's a number of books that he's put out where he does express that Christian faith. As well as his obvious adventure books. Yep. And... Even in some of his adventure books that I've read, mm-hmm. um, bit of a bit of a Bear Grylls fan here. Um, it's, and, it's subtle, but it's and there, it comes isn't through. It? it comes through. It you know, he'll, he'll throw a couple of stories in where he talk about you know people's uh, you know really devout Christian faith. Yeah. So in in this article, he does talk a little more openly about his faith than perhaps he he has before. Because um, it's, it's kind of you know it's, sorry to butt in, but it's kind of on. unusual for an Indigenous Brit to um to be devout and. You know, openly devout Christian. You're right, because I guess as is increasingly the case in uh, in Australia, um, the the Christian Church in Britain is increasingly becoming dominated by migrant groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you're right. The uh, the white English um, 
are often becoming less and less religious. But um, Bear Grylls talks about you know how he's brought his boys up, um, you know to to have faith, um, how it's you know a part of his life. It's integrated with, with his everyday um, activities, and he's actually written like a, a morning devotional book. Um, I haven't read it, so I can't recommend it. Uh, but it's called Soul Fuel. So you know, you check it out, listeners, if if you're interested. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that's really interesting to hear that someone who's prominent like that, someone who's like really super blokey, has a Christian faith. Because I guess sometimes we get this idea that you know Christianity is for the weak, Christianity is for the the sort of the the wussy man, you know, the more of effeminate man. Um, but here we see Bear Grylls, who must be one of the most macho men on the planet. Um, you know, loves his wife, loves his kids, loves his God, um, but you know, isn't afraid to uh, gut a dead camel and pull out its guts and shelter inside it <laughs> overnight I think in that, I think weather. that episode went down as, you know, altogether <laughs> legend of all time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, um, it's an important thing. There's actually a, a, uh, an issue that I'm quite passionate about myself, mm. and that is, um, you know, Christianity for blokes. Yep. I think blokes tend to be a demographic that in modern-day Christianity get left out. Mm, mm. Um, Christianity in 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 modern day era has is very relational, and that's mm-hmm. good. That's how it should be. Yep. But it has created a gender gap that we don't find in other religions. Mm-hmm. So you got the forty sixty gender gap. You know, forty percent male, sixty percent female within Christianity. You do not find that in other religions. So yeah. it's not. Some people say, "Oh, the gender gap is you know uh, women are more spiritual." No, that's not the case because mm. you look at other religions, that gap doesn't exist. But. Um, as Christianity has learned to become a relational religion, mm. somewhere along the line, we've got a bunch of guys and blokes that have slipped through the cracks and that we simply have not catered for. Yeah, which which is kind of crazy because I mean, you you look at Jesus, you know, he's he's he a tra- he, he's a tradie, yeah, you mm. know, a guy who worked with his hands, you know, learnt with his dad to, you know, he was a carpenter, so I assume he was building houses or you know that sort of stuff. Um, so you know, no, no, no weakling, and then he decides he's going to leave home and basically become homeless and just depend on people's generosity. I mean, that's a pretty gutsy move to make. Mm. Um, and then you know he goes into the temple, the most holy place in Judaism, and starts turning over tables and like you know clearing the animals out and saying get out of here. And you know, here's someone who was not afraid of a confrontation, who was not afraid to stand up for what he believed in, um, particularly when it came to those who were in power, um, you know, and, and religious leadership. You know, he confronted them. He was really mm. tough with them. So, you know, to, this idea of, you know, as that children's prayer goes, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, um, is actually not accurate. It's a it's a myth that has developed o- over time, and I think it's something that... that you know, we as Christians need to do something about about deconstructing, and because uh, yeah, it's a turnoff for some people. Yes, Jesus was gentle, and Jesus was relational in many ways, particularly to the people at the bottom of the pile socially. But Jesus was also capable of righteous anger, and there's nothing the matter with with righteous anger. Mm. Mm. And I think you know we can just look all up and down the Bible and see strong male figures. Absolutely, you know, I've been reading through the Book of Chronicles, talking. I've about been studying David. Nehemiah. Yeah. I mean, you want a confrontationist? Take that guy out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, towards the end of Nehemiah, where he's like basically saying, oh, I'm going to punch you guys. Like, if, 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 yeah. If, if you, you don't. You would be vulnerable there, Kent, because you're wearing a beard. Yeah, well, that's, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I think he pulls a few beards out there in the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Look, we, we, we do what we can to macho it up, I guess. Some, some of us have, grow a beard you know, <laughs> to, 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 to compensate for our, 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 our soft, softer side. <laughs> but yeah, look, it's, it's a great edition, um, this uh, November edition of Signs of the Times. Um, quite uh, topical in some ways. I mean, on, uh, on page six, you know, early in the magazine, we have an article. It's actually from a, a lady who uh, was one of my English teachers back in high school, Denise Nelson, talking about helping your child make the most of Year 12. Um, hmm. Now, I guess, you know, right now, the Year 12s are kind of looking at exams, um, and Year 11s, I guess, are looking at beginning that Year 12 phase, and that's probably, the you know, the parents of those Year 11 students about to go into Year 12 are probably the ones who get the most out of this. But I think all of us who've been year, uh, through Year 12 would find it interesting. Um, those parents whose kids are just finishing Year 12 now might find it interesting to read back and think, well, yeah, we did that, we did that, and oh, yeah, maybe we could have done that a bit better. But, uh, you know, you can all, always learn. So I think it's good to have that topical stuff that comes up at, at the right time of the year for, you know, when when it's on people's minds. And also it's one of those, you know, it, it's it's that time of life that I find just, mm. just looking on that um, people really do need to make some really, really smart decisions. Yeah. Uh, when they're at an age where, you know, they're not always making the smartest decisions, mm. um, and so we need to encourage our young people. Okay, this is a time. You know, there's there's a time to relax and kick back and have fun, but just take some time out, and yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> this will pass. Yeah, yeah. So Lawson, I, I see you sort of flipping through the the magazine. There is a, is Signs of the Times a magazine you've had much of a look at before? Um, yeah, I think working in uh, evangelism a lot, it's we we often carry Signs of the Times resources oh, to, right. to, to to give to those who are who are seeking. You know, um, yeah. working with Peter Watts, for example. Oh yeah, um, yeah, I know yeah, 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 yeah. Doing doing a fair bit of work with him, and he's always promoting Signs of the Times. So yeah, it's something that I've I've seen around. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. No, oh, that's that, that's really good because I mean we. We did sort of redesign it a, a year or so ago with a sort of a fresher, younger market in mind. So it's interesting to see a, a, a hip young fella like yourself um, <laughs> rock, rock, rocking the Movember Mo, um, sort of, che- you know, che- checking it out. It's just interesting to, to get your perspective. Oh, 100%. Well, to me at the moment, like I was just reading through the whole, uh, the, the the year 12 uh, article yeah. and it's, 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 um, it's something to me. It's just so practical. We just need, yep. uh, as, as a young person, it's like, what are the practical steps that I need to take in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's what I'm looking at as, you know, as a 21 year old guy, I'm setting my life up for the future. I'm making those big decisions. Now, what are those practical steps that I need to take that'll enable me to do that, especially from a Christian perspective? Yeah, and yeah. it just looks like, you know, this, this edition especially is really getting into those things. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we like to be practical. I mean, one, one of the, the, I guess in some ways it's fun in some ways it's incredibly relevant and practical articles in here is uh, seven top tips for dealing with difficult people. That's uh, p- page 66 <laughs> for, for you guys um, in, in the studio here. So, so towards the end. And um, yeah, Victor Parachin makes some really, uh, really relevant points here, you know, about, hey, you know, you are surrounded by difficult people. This is part of life. What what are you going to do about that? And he, well, according to uh, David Stojic, who does a regular um, piece yeah. here on on Faith FM, about ten percent of the population are difficult people, classed as difficult people. Oh, so, really? Yeah. There yeah. you go. I think it's a bit more of a personality disorder. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that, that that could be true, but I guess it's sort of about your personality as well, yeah, and that's one of the things that um that, that Victor Parachin says. It says you you have to like work on yourself first um, and be aware of who you are because there are some people you'll clash with. There's nothing wrong with them, nothing wrong with you. There's just this incompatibility. Mm. Um, I, I often find that that 
uh, it's probably people who are most like me that I have the most difficulty <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe people who tend to be a bit opinionated, who, you know, um, maybe like to own the room a, a little bit, maybe, you know, have this um, perception that they're the smartest people in the room. Like, you, you put two of those people together and, and it's like, you know, Siamese, Throw a bit of ego into the Siamese fighting fish, you know, <laughs> only one will survive. <laughs> um, so, I, I, yeah, I, hey, maybe I'm one of the difficult people. Um, but there, there's quite an amusing thing here where um, the, the author says um, he, he suggests writing but not sending. This is crucial. A thank you for being so unpleasant card. Um, so, dear... <laughs> X, whoever it is. I'm so glad you were in my life. Because of you, I have seen more clearly than ever how I don't want to treat people. You are a brilliant example of exactly what I don't want to be like. Thank you for being an example that I will carry inside my mind and utilize for the rest of my life. <laughs> okay, so I, I, think, I think it. this is important. <laughs> don't send it. I think this is important that this is actually written on a card. Yeah. Because if you wrote this as a text, you could very easily accidentally send <laughs> Your it. Your finger would be hovering over that button, wouldn't it? And yeah. it's like, oh, I bumped it. Oh, no. Yeah. But, uh, but this, this, this is quite a humorous way of, of reminding us that, hey, you can actually learn stuff from difficult people, hmm. um, you, even if it's just how not to be. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's, uh, that's really, really handy. But look, of course, Signs of the Times, you know, has as it's, you know, it's written right on the front cover as its motto, a Christian perspective on the world today. So we definitely do get into biblical themes, into spiritual themes. And there's a really interesting one, uh, in, in this, uh, in this edition. It's called, and it sounds super boring, but it's actually quite fascinating. The importance of a comma. Oh yeah. Yes. So this so this comes from um if if you're familiar with the gospels um Jesus when Jesus was hanging on the cross there he had a thief crucified on each side of him and he said to one of these thieves who said, who said Lord remember me when you come to your kingdom the thief said to Jesus Jesus replied to him I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. And the question in most bibles you'll see the comma after today. So Sorry. I tell you today. No, no, no. Before the, today. No, before, before the today. Yeah. I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. Um, so really, so so this thief was. When we know he that died, didn't actually happen well, because well, Jesus, you know, turns up on 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 Sunday morning when he's resurrected. He's like, I haven't been to paradise yet. Well, there you go. So, so either the Bible's contradicting itself, or we've put the comma in the wrong place because ancient Greek um, doesn't have commas. And I've actually looked into this. This is not just an English thing because, of course, the Bible wasn't written in English originally. This is, comes from the Greek as well. Yeah. So in the Greek as well, it, work, it can work both ways. It's, it's ambivalent. And you can also interpret it. Jesus saying, I tell you today, comma, you will be with me in paradise. Which is a guarantee that one time, sometime in the future they'll be together in paradise. That's right. And it's the sort of phrasing that he used in, in other places saying, I, I tell you today. So um, so the, the author really unpacks this, like the significance of this. What does it mean about our understanding of death? You know, what happens when we die? What about heaven? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, mm. and sometimes we think, well, pff, that's so theoretical. But look, who of us hasn't been touched by a death in our family, a loved one who, who we've lost, um, you know, been saddened by that. So this is a really powerful article that un- unpacks the, the biblical truth on, on those issues. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic, Kent. Now, um, we're going to come back after the news, after the 8 o'clock news, and we're going to talk about how to get hold of uh, Science Magazine as we start off our encounter section. But right now, we need to move on. This is Vocal Union, I Want to Love You. I will love you regardless of anyone else does. I want to serve you 
even if I'm all alone. Though others forsake you, I wanna give you my faith and trust. Faithfully follow everywhere you go. I wanna love you regardless if anyone else does. I wanna serve you even if I'm all alone. Though others forsake you, I wanna give you my faith and trust. Faithfully follow everywhere you go. You are my sun in the morning, my star in the night. You're my manna from heaven, you're my fountain of life. I'm all.